Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll get that free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. So two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker. All that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. It is a big day in Blackhawks history. They have officially, just moments before the show began, have named Luke Richardson the 40th head coach (laughs) in the history of the team. We're obviously going to get into that. Uh, We're also going to be joined by Chris Peters of the Daily Faceoff, my favorite draft analyst. I think he's fantastic. Um, We're just over a week away from the NHL draft, so got to start thinking about that, too. So, a lot to get to today, but fellas, we had Friday's show to react uh, to the news, right? Actually happened as we were, we were recording, um, but now we've had a weekend to sleep on it and uh, part of today and they made it official. Where are we at? We still feeling as optimistic as we did on Friday? Yeah, I, I think now that it's official, um, we've gotten, you know, we've gotten word from Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson about the hire and, and the direction and and what they want to establish within the team. Um, yeah, it, it feels good. I, I think the the words that we were getting about Richardson from around the league, from 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 Montreal as well, um, all indications were that you know he's he's a great person, a great coach, a great um, you know a great leader. Players love to play for him, um, and I think what we also have been told so far is that he's really good with keeping things positive and keeping things going in the right direction mentally for players, which with a team like the Blackhawks that are going to lose a lot, that's going to be very important to do, especially when they're young kids and, you know, their first experiences in the NHL or, you know, newer experiences in the NHL are going to be filled with a lot of growing pains. So I I think that, I think that that's good. And and he's paid his dues and, um, you know, we won't know if it's a good or bad hire for a little bit, but right now it, it seems optimistic. Yeah, it's uh, all you got to do if you want to get any kind of clue. Uh, granted, none of us here are Luke Richardson experts. We're kind of, no. you know, we don't pay too close attention to assistant coaches around the league. But <laughs> if you want to get a good feel and feel better about this hire, if you don't feel great about it, just go start scrolling through Montreal Canadiens Twitter, social media. Their fans, their media, they're all upset that Luke yeah. Richardson has are, is no longer part of the team. Mm-hmm. If you can win over both the media and the fan base in a market like Montreal as an assistant, that's quite the accomplishment. That says a lot to your character. That says a lot to your coaching ability. Um, so, like, they're upset. I even read an article yesterday. Uh, I, I can't remember the outlet it was from, but it was a Montreal media outlet saying that Mart- Martin St. Louis hiring whoever he hires to replace Luke Richardson on staff could be the biggest hire of his coaching career. Like that's wow. how they're looking at it. Now that could be overstated a wee bit, <laughs> but still that's how they view it. The same, they're losing a really good coach. So that's, that's great. And I'm, I thank you. Shout out to the Blackhawks media department for getting this out was, before we went on the air. So we clutch. don't have to start over again. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys listened to uh, Friday's media or uh, audio only podcast. We actually were about a half hour into the original show and had to uh, scrap it and start over start when those over. when Frank Saravalli's first reports came out. And we and we quickly got a confirmation that this was what was happening. And we said, "Well, screw it. We're not live. Let's uh, let's start all over." <laughs> like none of that ever happened, which was. It was a little weird because yeah, I was like, little... did we say this on the first time <laughs> that was the thing, or yeah. not? Like, are we repeating ourselves? At one point, I had to go back and be like, oh, yeah, well, by the way, we haven't mentioned Todd yeah. Reardon yet did because, I, yeah. Did I use my Voltron <laughs> reference already? I don't remember. Yeah, I'll love go back Voltron. to the transcript and, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. Well, speaking of the Voltron, and your concept was maybe Richardson, King, and Shaw could end up being the full coaching staff. Not a huge update on Derek King. Nothing's really been said about his status uh, sent a text to a source uh, last week, and, and it sounded a little bit vague to the point where I'm like, ooh, I'm not totally convinced he's going to be back. Um, something along the lines of, well, you know, Kyle has great respect for Derek, and uh, we don't have any news on that just yet, but we'll see what happens. So I was like, ooh, 
I was thinking we would have seen something about Derek King's future mentioned, at least in the press release, but maybe that's coming uh, Wednesday when Luke Richardson speaks at the Blackhawk store. Look for my new Mazda CX-30, double parked on Michigan Avenue with the blinkers on from 11 to noon uh, on Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of uh, Hondas uh, double parked. <laughs> Lots of really uh, irritated sports writers like, yes. where am I going to park? When you see a bunch of cars with blinkers that have a ton of old coffee cup and drive through bags in the back seat, those yeah. are the Blackhawk beat reporters. <laughs> that's right. I'm seeing a lot of new people in the chat today, by the way. Corey yeah, and awesome. Robbie's World of Sports and Beans. What's up, Beans? I love you. Robbie. One of my favorite Corey. things. The magical oh, fruit. Yeah. So thanks for everybody yeah, joining us awesome. here. I know it's a big news day. And if you have any uh, comments, uh, hit them up in the chat. Uh, absolutely. It is usually Mailbag Monday, but because of the news today, we're going to forego Mailbag Monday until next week. Um, but yeah, if you've got anything, feel free to hit it up in the chat. And Robbie says here, uh, my question to you fellas, Luke Richardson has been hired as a new coach. Any word on who his bench coaches will be? No. It, to- it sounds like yet. it's going to be up to Luke Richardson to make up that and I, his bench. I think that's best, although I think the three of us agree we would love to see Derek King have some sort of role. But ultimately, it's more important for me to, look, you hired this coach. You went out and got a really good candidate. It's a guy who wanted to be here. Let him pick his coaching staff. And, yeah, it's, it sucks for Derek King if he does not end up in some sort of role here. Um, I really think the Hawks are going to find something for him to do. I but hope so. He should. Luke Richardson should have full autonomy on his staff. Yeah, we yeah, t- I fully believe that. Absolutely. We talked about optics when we were talking about all the Mark andre Fleury trade rumors. Like, oh, you can't trade a guy when you gave him a handshake saying you wouldn't trade him. Optics, optics. Well, these optics look really bad if – Derek King is a guy that you've gone out of your way to praise and you just say, sorry, we don't have a spot for nothing. He did deserved him to be unemployed at this point. Right. It wasn't his fault. Jeremy Colleton was a terrible hire and was a bad coach. And he had to be then called into duty. Mm -hmm. got promoted to that job duty. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) yikes. Uh, I totally lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Perfect. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's a real the show. It's over. <laughs> See you next week, folks. Der- no, Derek King was was definitely put into a position that he didn't need to be. Right. And I think he he, he did an amicable job. He got them to be respectable for yes. a, quite a bit of time. Yes. Like a team, there was a time where you're like, eh, if you squint real hard and and four or five teams lose their top three lines due to injury. Maybe they can <laughs> compete here. He had them playing better than they had at any point under the previous regime. Look, he, yeah, he made a team that was in complete shambles when he arrived. And he said so when he talked to us uh, a few months ago. Like, boy, it was a complete disaster. And a team was, I think he said, we say broken or fragile, fragile or both? Yeah. Fragile. fragile. Fragile, yeah. Players, so, yeah. Uh, and Joseph in the chat says, King will be welcome back to Rockford. I agree. However, Scott Powers, who's as plugged in as anybody on Friday, reported that Anders Sorensen is likely going to remain the head coach in Rockford. Yeah. So if you're Derek King, do you go back to Rockford in a lesser role? Do they find like associate head coach titles for both of those guys? I don't know. I really don't know what's up for Derek King. And I don't know. I'm hoping for the best. Cause like you said, like he, the team started really falling apart after the trade deadline, which is totally understandable. Right. Right. You're Kevin Lincoln. It was playing subpar. You lost Brandon Hagel and yeah, you brought in Radish and Kachuk, but they're not as good as Hagel at this point in their careers. And you had your captain. Yeah. Wondering there, what a rebuild was. Uh, Murphy mm-hmm. was hurt. Dahan was hurt. Like, there's a million yeah, things that yeah. led to that decline. Um, yeah. None, none of which could be really no, pinned on, on Derek King. He no. didn't do anything to warrant him not having a job with his organization. And so if he, you know, maybe go back to Rockford, but they really liked what Sorensen did. And rightfully so. He did a really good, that job, that team had no business making the playoffs mm-hmm. based on that roster, let alone winning a playoff series. It was a two out of three series, but still it's a playoff, playoff series. Play-in series. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dude, that's it, all. That's all the Blackhawks the organization count. have over that's, the last right, ten years. Yeah, so win a play-in series. Win a, win a play-in series. Congratulations. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a tough call. Hopefully, you know, if if it comes down to Luke Richardson and Derek King meeting, you know, Derek King is a guy that I know from dealing with him over the last four years. Zero ounce of ego. Yeah, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be like, well, I can only be the head coach. I'm out of here. No, he's a guy that's going to like he even said he's got a lot 
to learn before he can really do that full time. So maybe working for a guy like Luke Richardson, who has done it, come up through the ranks and has earned that, that respect and that presence that King told us right here in these studios that he needs to get. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it works out. Cause it's kind of, you know, it would be of a, a, a just an awful way to end that relationship um, with a guy who's a good coach. Yeah. Well, back, back to Luke Richardson, because that's that's what matters today. I, I there are a few pieces I read, um, some of the quotes I read on Friday's show, but just all of his players in Montreal, they all go back to the same word, and it's calm. Mm-hmm. He stays calm. He doesn't overreact. He's not going to scream and yell. He's a good teacher. Where he'll say, okay, in this instance. You know, maybe this is what you should have done instead, but he never loses his cool behind the bench and is always constructive in his criticisms. And uh, that, I mean, if you read the quotes from, I think this was written in 2019 when Montreal had a big jump defensively. Um, all those players, I know Jordy Ben was one of them. Brett Kulak was the other one. A couple others too, just raving about him as a head coach and or as a as a as a coach. And I, I hope that that remains. So it is a it is a jump from assistant to head coach. And I think what remains to be seen is how does he handle the day to day meetings with the media, um, managing a staff beneath him. Right. That's a, that's a bit of a new thing that a coach has to learn. But there's nothing that I've read about Luke Richardson that makes me feel like he's not ready for this. And I don't think we can state it enough that had he been fluent in French, it's very likely that he would be the current coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. When yeah. Dominique Ducharme was let go, he probably would have been the guy promoted. But in Montreal, you must have a French-speaking coach. So Martin Saint-Louis gets the job instead. Um, so here's it works out very nicely for the Hawks here. Yeah, and, and I think you know he, he's had head coaching experience before at the AHL level. He had a very long playing career. Uh, you know He's been an assistant in the NHL for a number of years. Uh, with with two different organizations, so I mean he's he's been around. So I, I I think stepping into the head coaching role, I think he'll be, I think he'll be good to go. I mean I, I again we don't, we're not experts on him just yet, but I think you know all the indications are that you know he he seems like he is the right coach for the for, for the Blackhawks at this point. And if if you know defensively you look at the the young players that are coming up, that's kind of the immediate. Uh, point of the rebuild where you can say okay here are, here are players that are young part of the future most likely and they need someone who can who can guide them to be you know quality NHL players and the Blackhawks have a number of those guys that could turn into that and and maybe Richardson's a guy that can unlock uh, I know we talked about it on Friday unlock a player like Ian Mitchell's potential yeah and 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 find that you know path of development to where you know Mitchell was a, the early expectations was, oh, he can be a, a top pair of guy, and he didn't look like it right away. But you know, young defensemen like that, they take some time, and maybe Richardson's a guy that can that can do that. That can take a player like Alex Vlasic and make him more than just you know a, a, a really good third pairing guy. Make him a a, a, a mid pairing guy, a, a solid pl- uh, player like that, and and go from there. I, and because with the rebuild, I think you start with the defenseman because that's what they have right now. And then you, you refill the, the prospect system. And hopefully in two, three, four years, you have enough talent, you have young players that Richardson can grow as a head coach and be the guy that is ready to lead the team when they are ready to win. I listened back to our interview with Laura Saba from Lockdown Canadians uh, from a couple weeks ago. And if you want to see that, uh, it's tweeted in the CHGO underscore Blackhawks timeline on Twitter. And one of the praises of many she had for Luke Richardson was, that when he came in and took over as a defensive coach, he brought a lot of guys to the NHL and brought them success that that maybe the organization didn't think we're going to get to that point, right? And I think we're sort of there. You mentioned Friday, Greg, uh, Nicholas Bodine is a really good first-round pick, had uh, some decent playing time two seasons ago, uh, didn't see very much of him last year. Um, but that's a first-round pick. Ian Mitchell, again, who <laughs> going into his rookie year, we're like, okay, so he's the number three defenseman, and then all of a sudden <laughs> he doesn't play at all. You know, some of these guys who maybe the organization's losing faith in their development, Richardson, this hire makes so much sense when you look at what they need to do developmentally with what they have already and then what's coming, but they've got some potential defensively. 
in the organization. They need someone to unlock that. Cowton wasn't the guy. I think it's unfair to say King wasn't the guy. Um, but I think Richardson, just looking at everything he did in Montreal, it is the perfect hire for what they need done on, on the defense. Yeah, it, when when your top prospects right now are all defensemen, it definitely makes sense. And you got to be able to play defense to win in this league. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, Ian Mitchell, um, I think, was spent the most of all. Did he play up here at all? No. Last or year? No. Two, no. He had a, no, like, if two he games? Had like, like two or six. Games thirteen something like that. I, I, he, had, he had some games up really here. I, I, Beginning I, of the season, early in the season, yeah. But I think him being down there, eight it, games, eight games. I think him in Rockford for basically the whole season. Same with Wyatt, Wyatt Kalnick. That was by design, um, especially as the season got off the rails and it was like they're not competing. There was no point. Yeah. Uh, get him in. Get both of those guys in Rockford playing on the top pair, leading power plays, and they did both did a good job. That was more by design. I think more than were lost faith in you guys. Um, a t- the player that may have lost some confidence and faith is Nicholas Bodine. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if if Richardson takes him on as kind of a pet project. We're getting some stuff in the comments here about now that Richardson's a head coach, what does this mean about Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, Alex Debrinkit, who gets traded? I don't think that this has any bearing. I, those are two independent trains of thought for, for Kyle Davidson. Um, Listen, you can't trade Patrick Kane or John Taze until one of them says, I want to be traded. Right. And I think Alex Dabrinkit is getting moved if it's a move that just takes a season off of your rebuild. If it, it like, you, so I, you know, I don't think Luke Richardson getting hired has anything to do negatively or positively as far as what Kyle Davidson does with the roster these, over these next few weeks. I wonder though if, if a guy like Taves looks at that and says, okay, I like this hire. Based on what I know about Luke Richardson, um, maybe he's a little more on board to play for this coach than someone he wouldn't have been as enthusiastic about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It could it could make a small difference. There's also part of me that thinks that the Hawks would, would not mind if Jonathan Taze came up to him and said, hey, I'd like to be traded. They're not going to, like like we said, they're not going to go to him and say, can we please trade you? But if he says, I would like to be traded, they'll, they'll accommodate that quick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to maybe make, make a few enemies when I say this, but it's a Monday. I don't care. Uh-oh. I'm done giving a crap what Jonathan Taves thinks about who the coach is or if his feelings are going to get hurt. I don't care anymore. When the Hawks are good again, he's going to be long gone. If Jonathan Taves wants to cry about this, freaking cry already. I don't care anymore. I'm tired of wearing white gloves around Jonathan Taves. He's an employee just like the rest of them. Well, you also can't just keep catering your organization to keep Taves and Kane happy. Like to part make, of the problem why you're in the where next, you are right yes, now. Yes, to take the next step, you've got to tear the Band-Aid off. And it's going to be painful, and some fans are going to be pissed. But guess what? When you're back and you're the number one or number two seed in the playoffs and you're kicking everybody's ass, they will be back. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. be back. And they're not going to be like, I'll never come back to the Hawks because they traded Jonathan Taves at the end of his career when he was doing nothing but bitching. Like, what are you talking about? Right. That, that's how you maintain success in an organization. If Ray Bork could be traded... Right, if go on and on, right? Yeah. The list of legends. Wayne Gretzky was traded what three times, four times. Right, yeah. Like anyone can be traded. Anyone should be traded when it benefits the franchise. Holding on to past glory is why the Hawks suck now. Yep. Starting with the Brent Seabrook, and I got to pay up the jar from when I said his name last week. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> he who shall not be named. It's not just a gimmick. put this organization in shit position to compete, and now Kyle Davidson is tasked with trying to clean up this mess. Basically from scratch. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not only from scratch, from scratch plus Seth Jones at nine and a half million dollars for like the next eight years. As I said mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, this summer isn't about starting the cleanup. This summer is about getting to ground zero. Yeah, exactly. They're below the wreckage right now. Right. They are they are under the rubble. He's got Kyle Davidson has to spend this summer getting back to flat ground and then building up. You guys I, watch the show Hoarders? I do not. I know the concept. Yeah. So Many episodes of Hoarders is there's just piles of garbage and shit is all over houses or, or, or whatever. And these and people are living in it. And there's many different reasons that it gets to that point. But when they come in, you have to you have to remove all the crap out first and then you can scrub down everything and make it livable again. Blackhawks are at that point. They got to get all the, you know, 
to use a term that you know makes sense they got to get all their dirty laundry out first yeah they got to you know get out all all the the things left behind by by uh the prior regime and then Kyle Davidson in probably in a few seasons can get out the 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 multi-purpose cleaner and scrubber and 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 really start That's, shining everything up and then in a few seasons you have a livable house that yeah. sounds like he who should not be named was a hoarder of Stanley Cup winning players. That sounds like a great graphic. We need to get Joey or Lawrence on. <laughs> he who should not be named in like a room full of garbage bags or like the head of Brett Seabrook over here, the head of Jonathan Taves over here. Couple dead rats. Brandon Sods in the background. It's also not to like belittle, like, look, those guys honestly are the reason the three of us are here, right? Yeah, like without Taves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, on and on and on, the Hawks are probably irrelevant at this point. And we thank you for your time, right? Like, of course. But just look at the teams. They were talking about this in the postgame. Chelios and Messier were talking about this during the celebration, saying Sidney Crosby took less money to stay. All these guys take less money to stay and make keep the team competitive. Who's the one team where their star players did not do that? Chicago, right? Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane because took exactly what they were worth on the open market. Uh, you know, and and Brent Seabrook was overpaid uh, in that second contract, and that is the cost, right? If Kane and Taves each take a million and a half less, there's a $3 million player you can keep on your roster, right? And it goes on and on and or on like ec- that. Or extra space to maybe say, hey, maybe we could have kept Artemi Panarin around a little exactly. bit longer. Yeah. But when you're, when you're paying, th- this is what this guy did, was <laughs> you get maximum value, you get maximum term, and a no movement clause and protection. Yeah, that is how you f your organization. And I guarantee you, I was never in any of these negotiations. I guarantee you, he never asked those guys to take a hometown discount. Oh no, of course not. He said, "Oh, this is what you're worth. Thank you. We're done." Yeah, you know, he yep. probably he probably would have given him more if he could have. You know, it just it's infuriating. We can. That's why he is he who shall not be named because we don't need. We're we're kind of. We got to move on. <laughs> we yeah. got to move Anyways. on for our own mental health. We need to move the on. The positive news is Luke Richardson. Yeah, is yes. the next it's a good hire. I, yeah. I, I, I approve it. Um, listen, at this point, Kyle Davidson, we have nothing but we, we can only give him the benefit of the doubt. There hasn't been a clear misstep from him yet. Not yet. Right. No, and it, this could turn out in two, three years to be awful, but we don't know that. Right now, you got to say, okay, you're the guy put in charge of cleaning this up this mess. I have my faith in you until you prove otherwise. Tammy in the chat says younger isn't always better, and that's true. Um, But I'll say, Tammy, had he who shall not be named, put the Hawks in a better state contractually with these guys, maybe you could kind of do a better rebuild on the fly than they've done. But they tried that, right? They tried to bring it. Last year is a great example. Mm Marc-Andre Fleury for nothing. Seth Jones, uh, Drew Jarkera. Uh, they've got Connor Murphy. Like they had a team that some people looked at and said, "That's a playoff team." Mm-hmm. But you had a coach who didn't know what he was doing, who didn't have the respect of the players. Get off to a disastrous start, and a season's lost probably you know basically before it begins. So now the only way out of this is to go young and hope for the best. That's all they can do. And of course, no rebuild is guaranteed, right? Of course, it might not work at all. Mm-hmm. But there's no other way out of this right now. There's just not. There, there's nothing that they like. Kyle Davidson can't approach this summer and say, "I've got this money. Let's go sign a bunch of guys and hope for the best." They've been doing that. It has failed. Meanwhile, your star players are getting older. Your one young star player now is due a contract, and do you want to pay him ten million dollars to be here and basically suck when you could potentially trade him for the next generation of great Blackhawks again? I was listening to Laz and Powers podcast and, and Lazarus's point was like to bring it's proven. You can't trade him. You can't trade him. You can't trade him. But at what point, how do you restock the organization? Right. Right. And it's not just going to be for one pick. The conversation starts at the number two pick with New Jersey or the four pick with Seattle. And then what then add on. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely you talk about this with, with Chris Peters uh, coming up here and yeah. uh, later in the show about, you know, what possibilities could be there for the Blackhawks at, at number two, if, if that is the, if that's the direction they end up going. But I think, you know, to the point of, you know, younger is never, isn't necessarily better. We're not saying like, this is going to be next season is going to be the kids plus Patrick Kane. Like it's, 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 it's a process. And you look at a team last night, 
Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, you know, a lot of a, a good number of those players were not, you know, rookies that they just brought in. Like, right. yeah, they had, you know, guys like Alex Newhook and Bowen Byram, but those guys have, have been around for a few seasons. But you look at Nathan McKinnon, like that was an early that was an early draft pick that had to develop and become a superstar. And they kept him and developed him. Right, exactly. Whereas a lot of the top prospects the Hawks have had, they haven't been great in two years. Move on. Yokoharu, Boquist, and look, Boquist got you Seth Jones. That's the price of doing business. But there's so many guys like that where mm-hmm. they're just like, well, this isn't working. Tavo. Ta- yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. All right, we've got our guest Chris Peters on the line. Before we get to him, we want to tell you that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Do that, you'll get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And with a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content. I think we published three things, yeah, two things on Friday, whatever it was. A lot of stuff on Friday and a lot more to come. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. So two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. See an edge in the game you're watching? Is your favorite team primed for a comeback? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash-outs. Follow along with your bets from the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download that PointsBet app now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. We're also brought to you by Owen. O-W-Y-N stands for only what you need which is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you the nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly, don't contain any gluten or dairy, and are easily digestible. You might have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. Right now, Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the promo code CHGO20. Uh, I've been uh, using Owen a little bit here with uh, getting back into my workout routine. I try and cut out gluten and dairy as much as possible, so it's been good for me. If it's good for Justin Fields, it's it's yeah. good enough for me as well. So uh, get, get yourself some Owen, O-W-Y-N, only what you need. All right, let's welcome in our guest, uh, one of my favorite draft analysts, a longtime and frequent contributor to the old Madhouse podcast, rest in peace, um, Chris Peters of the Daily Faceoff and Hockey Sense. Subscribe to his Substack. It's great. HockeySense.Substack.com. All the best draft content you can get. We are, what, a week and three days away from the NHL yeah. draft, which is crazy. Coming up. Chris, thanks for jumping on, man. It's good to see you again. Hope all is well. Thanks for joining us here. Yeah. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. It's uh, it's great to be with you. Cannot wait for the draft, mainly just because I could, you know, use some rest. But aside <laughs> from that, uh, you know, I'm I'm very excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens. Uh, a lot of unpredictability, um, and that's the way we like it. All right, you're the expert. The Hawks have two second round picks. Who are they going to take? <laughs> Real simple. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I think. It's, it's tough this year. I think this year is probably as unpredictable as you could ask for, especially in that early second round. You know, I think it's 38th overall that the, the Blackhawks are looking at. And so, you know, that's that's a that's a spot where you could potentially see somebody slip that, you know, have, might be on the first round in my on my list or on somebody else's list and that just slips down. And it's all about personal preference and different things. But, you know, I think you, you kind of have to look at ranges of players and different types of players, um, you know, not any specific position, but just the kind of guys that you might say, oh, well, Chicago can use this. Well, at this point, they can pretty much use everything, right? You know, you, you don't have to get too picky about what you're selecting. But, you know, I think if you're if you're hopeful, you know, maybe you get a chance at, 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 at a big defenseman or you get a chance at a, at a high scoring forward. Um, some of the guys that I think are, are in that mix for – um, for, for that high scoring forward, it's, uh, there are two guys that I've kind of looked at that could be available there at 38. Um, I think that it, it'd be pretty hopeful if it was Reed Schaefer from the Seattle Thunderbirds. He's got good size, pretty good, uh, pretty good overall mobility. Um, you know, he's, he's probably the skating could improve a bit, 
but had a great season with Seattle. He's a good two-way guy. He plays the game really competitively, and he really has started trending towards first-round caliber. Um, you know, very well could end up in the first round of the draft. Another guy could be like a Rieger Lawrence, who's headed to the University of Denver next season. He played um, this year in the AJHL, and he was the leading scorer in that league. Um, you know, I think his game still has some rounding out to do. There's a few things here and there that need to be cleaned up. His skating one being one of those things. Um, but, you know, you're not getting a lot of uh, perfect prospects at 38th, especially not this year. I don't think it's a, a particularly deep year. Um, but, you know, that's another guy where you say, okay, well, he's got some decent size. He can make some plays. He's probably a guy that we won't see for two or three years, though. Um, and that's probably what you're going to get in a lot of that range. But um, some of the other guys to just kind of keep a, be aware of. One guy that's really risen to the charts, especially since the combine, is Noah Warren. He's a big defenseman, very physical, one of the most physical players in this entire draft, and certainly one of the most physically strong. Um, that very well could have him scoot up the, the boards. I mean, I know that the, the, the Hawks drafted Nolan Allen last year, a very physical defenseman um, with some size. But, you know, you're at this point, you're just stockpiling prospects. You know, so Noah Warren makes some sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just so I could I could rattle off 50 names and I might not hit one of them. Um, that's how unpredictable this draft is going to be. I love that I jokingly asked you who the Hawks are going to take, and you gave us like six or seven names. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, I, 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 if any of them are right, I'll be surprised at this point. We'll, we'll, we'll go back and, and clip it off and be like, Chris Peters knew exactly what he was talking about. Nailed it. Yeah. yeah, just make sure cut off all the other guys, and, and that I said yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll work. We some got magic. fancy editors here. We can make you look like the world's greatest draft editor. You know, no problem. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I need a lot of editing. That's that's for sure. So Chris, uh, at at Daily Faceoff, you uh, you wrote about you know what each team needs, and and for the Blackhawks, you focused on the, the the skill forwards. When you look at the, you know that that thirty eighth pick, the 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 two second round picks they have, do you think that if any of those picks is a defenseman, do you think that that's a problem, or are you looking at the Blackhawks and what they need, and pretty much just best player available uh, at, at those positions if those remain their their first picks of the draft? Yeah, I mean, once without a first round draft pick this year, unless they, you know, make a trade and end up with one, um, you know, you're, you're basically just at the mercy of the draft board. And so you have to you have to be at the mercy of your own list as well at that point and just say, who's the next guy up? Who's the next guy on our list that we like? Let's take that player. Um, it doesn't matter position. It doesn't matter, you know, size, any of that stuff. It's just, if you think that's the best player at that time. You got to take them. And I think that, you know, the Blackhawks are at this this awkward stage right now where, you know, it is kind of the front end of a rebuild. Um, and you'd like to have higher draft picks to, to help get that there. Um, so this at this point, you're just trying to make the best decisions that you possibly can with limited resources. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think, you know, I did put that, you know, continuing to build skill. Lucas Reichel was a great start. I love that pick for the Blackhawks at the time. I think he's got high upside. He's got a lot of potential to be something special. Um, you know, but continuing to build off of that, especially if, you know, you think about all the different things where, you know, how long is Patrick Kane going to be around after this season? How long is, you know, we've obviously heard Alex Dabrinkat's name in uh, draft uh, or in trade rumors and things like that. So, you know, what are the guys that you need? You look at kind of some of the different rebuilds around and, and what are they built on? You know, they, they certainly have foundational pieces, but a lot of it starts up front. You need to get faster. You need to get more skilled. Um, you look at the Avalanche, interestingly enough, you look at that team, most of their players, the Avalanche have not actually drafted that well outside of the first round. They hit all their first round picks, and beyond that, they don't draft all that well. But they they drafted to type, speed, skill, all those things that, that, that mattered, and they fit that mold, and they were the fastest team in the NHL, and now they're Stanley Cup champions. Um, you know, and back in the day, the Blackhawks, that was kind of their identity too. It was a faster, more skilled team. There was a physical, physical element and all those different things. It still works in the NHL. So you still try to build to that identity. And so you're not just looking for the best players available. You're also looking for the players that are fit fits for your organization. Um, and I think, you know, at this point you, you really can't be that picky where you're at in, in that, in that round, you just kind of go, go off your list and see what's there. And, you know, if I, if I had every team's list, I'd be really good at the mock drafts and everything else, but that is, you know, the hardest thing to come by. And, uh, but, you know, I, I think I'm really fascinated to see, you know, the Blackhawks, it's a new scouting regime, essentially. I mean, they, a lot of people that were there, but now in different positions. And so that brings different philosophies and different ideas. 
Um, and I'm really fascinated to see what they're going to do with that in the, in the second round. I kind of wanted to bring up uh, the top of the draft. Now, depending on what rumors you read, maybe the Hawks are going to pick two. Maybe they're going to pick four. Maybe they'll pick <laughs> five. They probably won't pick till Friday. But we've heard for so long, Shane Wright, number one. Shane Wright, number one. But it seems the last couple of months, people are trying to talk themselves out of Is Is that just a case of... We've been hearing so long that he's the best player of this draft that we're trying to look for reasons that he's not, or is it a legit chance that he doesn't go to Montreal with that first pick? It's absolutely a legitimate chance. I mean, it's not, I would say that it's still more likely than not that he's the first overall pick. Um, I've been off the Shane Wright bandwagon as, as a number one since the midseason, um, and, and have fluctuated a little bit towards the second half when he started to show some improvement, but really, Overall, um, you know, the type of player that he is, while very good, isn't necessarily going to be a, a franchise-changing transformational player. Um, and that's what you hope to draft in the first overall. Unfortunately, there isn't one of those this year. So the reason that I had Logan Cooley uh, number one is I feel like he's the biggest home run swing of, you know, in a year where there aren't necessarily – um, you know, clear cut guys and, and, you know, Shane Wright, the, why is why is Shane Wright still number one on so many boards? Well, he had decent production this year, but he's just, you know, the expectation level is that he's exceptional status. He's been the best guy in his age group, but you know, this season just didn't show that he didn't, he didn't take that next step forward. Um, you know, he, he outproduced Connor McDavid at the same age on a per game basis in his rookie season at, you know, at 15, they both got exceptional status. Shane Wright had more points per game this year. You know, he didn't play last year. So that, that impacts his development. And then this year he got off to a slow start. And while he did get better as the season progressed, it wasn't still, it's, he didn't take over games. Um, Logan Cooley, Uri Slavkovsky, we've seen them take over games. We've seen them dominate. We've seen them dictate the pace. Um, we've seen them, you know, make those different changes to, to their team and their team is better when those guys are going and Shane Wright, didn't always have that dominant showing. And, you know, I, I think it, it's so tough at this stage um, because there are so many variables, not the least of which being that Shane Wright missed an entire season. Um, that is something you can't ignore. And, and what did that mean for his development? Did it knock him back? Did it knock him completely off track? Um, what we saw this year was not a significant enough progression year over year from the previous two seasons um, to say, well, yeah, that guy's absolutely the number one. So, um, so yeah, so for me, it's all about upside. And, and to me, Logan Cooley has the most upside of any of the top three prospects of any of the other top prospects. Um, I think he's special and that's why I had him number one. Our guest is Chris Peters of the daily Faceoff. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Chris M Peters and subscribe to his Substack newsletter, hockeysense.substack.com. Uh, great, great draft and prospect content. So, Chris, I want to go back a couple of years uh, when the Blackhawks had the number three pick and chose Kirby Doc. Um, where were you on that pick then? And where do you stand on Kirby Doc as an NHL pro? And what do you see his future being now? Do you feel like he's, um, you know, is he developing at the pace you expected? Is he a little behind, a little ahead? What do you think of Doc's development so far? Yeah, so that that particular draft, I had Kirby Doc right there in that mix as the number three guy. I thought that he was, uh, you know, I, I love the upside there, the size, the, you know, I thought that he really improved over the course of that season. Um, you know, it always is troubling when a top prospect has a significant injury early on in their NHL careers. And he had that wrist injury at the World Junior Exhibition game yeah. um, that really – impacted things and so i think that actually extends his runway a little bit now i will say i think that i've i've watched enough of him over the last few years to say i think he's falling short of his projection i don't think he's out it's out of the question that he's going to get better um from and and get back on track but always there's that concern of what did that mean for his overall development getting hurt missing significant time um, we've also had these pandemic seasons where it stops and starts and there's no natural progression for a lot of these guys in order to, um, you know, to take those next steps. I mean, in Kirby's case, you know, he, he's, he had to, he had to take on a lot very early 
And I think his rookie season was pretty solid. You know, I think it was actually quite good for, for what it was. And then, you know, you, you just want to see more and more from him. And we haven't necessarily seen that yet, but you know, I think part of it's going to be maturity. Part of it's going to be experience, but he still has the physical abilities. He still has high end hockey sense. Um, you know, I think that the team, the lack of team success also can be very trying on young players. Um, you look back at, at Nathan McKinnon's first five seasons in the NHL, and he did not look like a future MVP. He had a he won the Calder Trophy, had a great rookie season, and then he just stayed the same for for a while. He eventually progressed and continued to progress. So some guys, it's going to happen for later, um, you know. And and I, where he goes from here, I'm not necessarily sure, but that's going to be on you know Luke Richardson and everybody else in the Blackhawks. He's a key figure for this next phase of whatever rebuilding is going to happen under Kyle Davidson. And so you need a guy like him. I, I think it's way too soon to give up on him for one. And I also think that he still has a lot of ceiling to get to that. That's going to be on the Blackhawks to, to pull out of him. And it's going to be on Kirby as well to get it out. You got to take responsibility for your own development, right? So that's going to be on him to, to really take that next step. Blackhawks are going into a rebuild, and, and Kirby Doc is a big part of that. There's probably going to be a lot of losing this season. And quick question just about next year's draft, because I know you're probably focusing a lot on this year's draft. But next year's draft, the top three prospects, uh, probably all better than Shane Wright uh, in, in, in projections. Is that still kind of the the thought process that those th- top three guys, the you know Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, uh, Matvey Michkov, like those are the guys that a team like the Blackhawks who are going into rebuild and probably going to be in that lottery uh, range, those guys are worth it to to go through some pain to 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 get a shot at one of those three. I mean, I think any team that's not in the mushy, like any team that's not competing for the Stanley Cup should be tanking this year. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I, I that's an exaggeration, but. In all honesty, Connor, Connor Bedard has the potential to be a franchise-changing player. Um, Matvey Mitchkov has the potential to be a franchise-changing player, with the caveat being that he's still under KHL contract for several more years, and there's the the, the whole you know Russian element in general. Matvey Mitchkov is the smartest offensive player I've ever seen since I've been doing this. Um, wow. He is one of the greatest goal scorers among young players, um, both he and Bedard. Bedard, it's because of his shot is so special. Mitchkov, he thinks goal scoring in a way that I don't think anybody on the planet does. Um, and at, at his age, I'm not just talking about, uh, and I mean, I mean, I mean, not at his age. I mean, like anybody, um, I've never seen anything like it. His positioning his timing, all those different things. Um, the issue, you know, he's a little bit smaller. He's not quite as quick as some of the other players. So that, that plays into the factor there. And then obviously the Russian factor Fantilli is, you know, a, a really strong player he played for the Chicago steel last couple of years. He's going to Michigan power forward style, very aggressive, very quick. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's going to be a real big prize for whoever gets him as well. And I really think you keep going down four, five, six, seven, this whole, that, that whole top of next year's draft, at least at this stage, and it's very early in the process at this stage, you are going to land an impact player that is going to become the best player, the best prospect in your system. If you're picking within at least the top seven picks next season, I think. Um, and, and so that's that's a huge factor uh, for a lot of these teams to consider as they're saying, oh, we're, we can endure this little bit of pain. And if we get Connor Bedard on the other side, if we get, you know, I, I think it'd be very difficult to draft Matthew Mitchcock first overall, you know, it would, given the given the timeline, especially if you're, you're rebuilding. But then you look at Kirill Kaprizov and his transformational abilities for the Minnesota Wild. He was worth the wait. So, you, you, you know, that's another thing you have to consider at this point with those players. So there are some complications, but in my mind, the top of next year's draft based on everything I've seen over the last two years is significantly better than what we have this season. So not the worst season in the world to not have a first round draft pick next year, critical to have a high pick next year. Speaking of uh, Adam Fantilli and the Chicago steel will be joined tomorrow by steel head coach Brock Sheehan. So don't miss that. Don't miss that show tomorrow at 11 AM. I, a lot of people are are really focusing on these Debrinket trade rumors, and uh, the one that seems to have the most, I don't know, credibility. Greg, you mentioned it earlier, is that number two picked in New Jersey. Um, I think we all kind of agree that two overall this year is probably not enough for Alex Debrinket. Who are some of the Devils' prospects 
that could make that deal worth making for the Blackhawks? Well, probably the ones that they wouldn't give up. Um, (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, Luke Hughes is on the, he's not at the Kale McCarr level, but he had a better freshman season than Kale McCarr did. Um, You know, he, he is special. Um, You know, obviously Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes' younger brother. I had, I was a believer in Luke. Um, and I had him really high on my board, but he has far exceeded my expectations to the point where I think if, if everything continues on this current trajectory, he has a chance to be the best player in the last draft. Um, be really difficult to pry that player away from the devils. And not only that, how would it feel Jack Hughes feel if he just traded his brother away? Right. Um, so probably not going to happen there, but there are other guys, you, you know, if, if it's two overall, you're not going to be getting the, their very best prize when you're probably not getting Alexander Holtz out of the deal. You're probably not getting, um, you know, Dawson Mercer, who was on their team last year, who would be a, a really good young player to have. Um, they do have some others that are, you know, kind of iffy in terms of, you know, like you're, you're not getting top prospects, but yet Nolan foot who Adam Foote's son is a power winger. He's got a lot of uh, goal scoring ability. Did get some good games last year with, with New Jersey. Um, I think he's, he's an interesting player. If, if he's part of a package, Shahir Mukamadulin, who's a, a big defenseman out of Russia, he's really progressed over the last couple of years. Um, and and I, I didn't love the pick at the time. I think the, the Devils have been proven right on him over the last couple of years with his progression. He's played big minutes in the KHL. So, you know, you're getting a pro-ready defenseman if he comes over. Um, you know, so those are the types of things. But, I mean, I do think that number two this year, let's say Montreal does pick Shane Wright. I think Logan Cooley plus something – or Uri Slavkovsky plus something is a significant package. Knowing that where, where the Blackhawks are right now, I think that the decision with Alex Dabrinkit is a very interesting one because obviously he's young. Obviously he's one of the best scorers in the NHL right now. He's, he's an outstanding player. Is he going to help you within the window? Is it, can you build quickly enough to make him matter? And if you, if the answer, if you feel internally, the answer is no, Two overall plus more, I think, is a kickstart to the rebuild. And actually, on top of knowing that you're probably going to have a top pick next year, then you start rebuilding that team in a little bit more aggressive of a fashion. And, you know, it's still going to take some time. It's still going to take some pain. But at least you have to consider it. Because I do think, like, I, to me, I think Logan Cooley, of all the players in this draft, could be the guy that is the transformational player uh, of this draft. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying that he has the best chance. Um, and so that's a thing where you say, well, that's a pretty significant piece. If we can add it, he's going to Minnesota next year. He's going to develop, you, you know, you could even leave him there for another year if you wanted to, because you're not going to need him right away mm-hmm. and not burn that year off his contract. So those are the types of decisions that you have to kind of make. And it's all about timeline and where the Blackhawks are right now. It's very early stages. So, that is a that is a tough decision. Obviously, it would be tough to sell to the fans as well. But I think that if that number two pick is in play, you got to at least think about it. So if the Blackhawks don't have a first-round pick this year, I'm, I'm wondering if there is – because we always see it in, in drafts, you know, teams, teams overreach or players fall out. Is there a player that, you know, you think has first-round potential that – for whatever reason, might fall to the second round and the Blackhawks, like they did with Alex Dabrinkit, might end up kind of getting a gem falling into their lap? The one guy I've got my eye on is actually a, a, a local boy, uh, Lane Hudson. Um, and he's a small defenseman. People are going to cry about his height. I think he, if, if everything goes right for him, if he grows a little bit, if he gets a little bit stronger, I think he's the best defenseman in this draft. Um, the reason I don't have him very high is because there's a lot of risk in that projection. So I have him in the twenties. There's a chance that, you know, he's five foot eight, 158 pounds right now. His brother was a late bloomer, grew up to five eleven. Um, his dad, Rob actually played for UIC RIP flames hockey. Um, loved. So he, you know, he's he, his, his, both of his parents, so his dad played college hockey. His mom is a college gymnast. So like he's got, he's incredibly athletic. He just won the EJ McGuire award, which is not a, an award that a lot of people know about. It's, it's more of a prospect award and it's given to the player that best embodies athleticism, um, uh, compete and, you know, excellence. And they gave it to him. Um, you know, and I, 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 he's my favorite player in this draft. 
Um, I think that he's got the chance to be like the next Quinn Hughes kind of player. Um, he's the most dynamic defenseman in this draft as well. The only issue is he's five foot eight, 158 pounds, which I'll <laughs> say again for, uh, you know, for that would make him the smallest defenseman in the NHL. We do think that he's going to grow. He's actually seen an endocrinologist. This is how far things are going now in the prospect world. He went to go see an endocrinologist and they said, you know what? You are actually behind developmentally. We think you're going to grow more. Um, and, you know, whether or not teams will probably look into that as well. And if they think he will grow, I mean, there's a chance that he doesn't slip out of the first round. But if he does, because of the size factor, easiest pick in the world at 38, if he's there. Um, I'm not sure that he will be, but that's the guy that I could see slipping out that, you know, he would have a chance to, to make a good a good pick there. I have to admit, I've, I've been reading a lot of what Chris has been writing leading up to the draft. I, I kind of set him up to talk about Lane Hudson because I love Lane Hudson. <laughs> I, I really want him to get picked by the Blackhawks. Right, we've got a, yeah. a super chat, a four ninety nine super chat. I believe this from is the first in CHO Blackhawks history. I think so. Ekdo Rokdodo. Eh. Yeah. He wants to know thoughts about the Hawks possibly jack, drafting Jack Devine out of Denver. All right, so Jack Devine is an interesting prospect because he was way down the lineup in Denver, but they won the national championship this year. He was one of the youngest players in college hockey. And, you know, the numbers are not going to say, pick me. You know, like, they, they, they don't. But if you watch it enough, he's highly competitive, really good skill. You know, size is okay. Um, and I think this year at Denver, he's going to play a much larger role on their team. They're going to need him to play a larger role. And they're still going to be competitive for a national championship next season. They got a lot of good pieces um, on their roster. And so he's in a good spot developmentally. Obviously the Blackhawks have familiarity with Denver, you know, Ian Mitchell and everything else, but uh, this is an opportunity um, for, you know, if at 58, maybe like, I, I think he's a fringe second to, I think he's closer to a third round draft prospect, maybe even a fourth. Um, so if you can get him in the mid rounds, I think that's really good value for Jack Devine because I think he's only on the cusp of, of being better. Now, he was a player for years in his age group that was the best of the best, and then everybody kind of caught up. Um, so sometimes those guys they fade and they keep fading. Uh, other times, that early indication actually says, "Hey, there might be something else there." Um, I think that Devine has sneaky skill. Um, it's underrated. His production kind of suggests that. There's not as much there, but I do think that he's going to have a big year. And if you're looking for a breakout candidate in college hockey next season and a guy who's everyone say, how did he fall? Jack Devine might be one of those guys. They still don't think he's going to say, oh, he should have been a first rounder or a second rounder. But I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a really good mid round pick. And, you know, he certainly would fit in with what the Blackhawks are doing and drafting later when you draft later, a lot of teams are going for players on NCAA tracks because it gives them a longer runway to sign those players. Um, they don't have to bring them in after those two, you know, you, you draft a CHL player, you got two years to sign them. This time you get at least three before he'll, his college college will be up. So you really get an, a, a good opportunity to see what he's all about. So um, I think Jack Devine, you know, does he make sense for the Hawks? Sure. Especially as he, he makes sense for a lot of teams as a mid round pick. All right, now everybody knows why Chris Peters is our favorite draft analyst. Thanks for joining us, man. I'm sure we'll be touching base several times over the next few weeks. Make sure you're following Chris on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. Read his stuff on the Daily Faceoff and his uh, Hockey Sense Substack. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks, take Chris. care. Thanks, Chris. All right, we've got another super chat here before we get to Two the uh, Cup day. Final real quick. Brandon Sakura. Any update on Derek King's future? We talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. Nothing official. Uh, did talk to a source. Actually, a couple sources. First one I said is the source guessed that he would be an assistant. Okay. A little more of an official sort of a thing was Luke Richardson, or I'm sorry, Kyle Davidson really respects Derek King, his brought to the organization, but we don't have any clarity on his future just yet. So, eh. I don't, the, answer, long, the short answer is we don't know. Don't know. Um, but I feel, just based on conversations I've had, less optimistic he's going to be part of things. Hopefully I'm wrong. I'd love to see him end up here, but who knows? I guess we'll find out uh, by Wednesday at the latest because that's when um, Luke Richardson will meet the media. By the way, Wednesday's show will be at 2 p.m. live because we're going to be covering the presser at 11 at the Blackhawks store. So join us Wednesday at 2 and uh, just a quick shout out. Thanks, guys, for the super chats and everybody. Lots of 
new faces here yeah. in the chat. Yeah, conversation we've got, is uh, buzzing. We've got uh, nearly 70 people wow. today. That's a that's a record for the CHGO Blackhawks. Um, Love it. Especially on a Monday at 11 a.m. So thank you guys. Hopefully you guys make this a daily ritual. Uh, welcome to all our new viewers. And uh, as the Blackhawks, thanks to Chris Peters, mm-hmm. as they enter draft season looking to add some game changers to their organization. If you want to add a game changer every single morning, brew yourself up a pot of CBD coffee from Strava Craft Coffee. It's helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava offers delicious fresh roast specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. The CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you some real Daily benefits, including feeling more alert and focused without all the jitters. You're going to be able to live your day more balanced with fewer aches and pains and less anxiety. (coughs) Plus, including CBD in your daily routine will help you prevent coughing in the middle of a read and also help you enjoy (laughs) a more stressful sleep. It is. Pause for cough. Less stressful sleep. More restful. All the good stuff. Plus, everything is about small batch. They have a ton of great, different, delicious flavors, different concentrations of CBD, depending on what you're looking for. Plus, you can get it in whole bean, ground, or even in K-cups if that's what you want. And even better, you can save 25% off your entire order by using the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That's 25% off your full purchase just by using CHGO25 at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com. And if you're already a fan, and you should be by now, you can join the Strava Coffee Club and subscribe and save. That's where you tell Strava what coffee you want, where you want it shipped, and the day you want to receive it, and they take it from there. Real easy. All right, we've got two new hockey champions. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche obviously won a Stanley Cup uh, last night, and the Chicago Wolves over the weekend won the Calder Cup. Just fresh to my email, the Wolves have announced their Calder Cup celebration. This is Tuesday, June twenty eighth at Allstate Arena, uh, five thirty to seven thirty. Doors open at four thirty, so the Calder Cup will be there. The players will be there. Uh, you get to meet the players and get pictures with the team and the cup. So if you're into that, Tuesday. June 28th, that's tomorrow, All-State Arena. Doors right. open at 4.30, so head on out and celebrate with the Wolves. But before we wrap up the show, I know we're running out of time here. We've got to react to the Stanley Cup being won. I know we'll get a little bit deeper into it uh, as the week goes on, but as that series went on, you know, Tampa's never dead, but you yeah. saw they were out of gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Colorado was, and that's very familiar with what the Hawks did in the dynasty, was teams would fight and fight and fight, but at the end of the day, it was just too much avalanche, and Tampa just could not keep up with the speed and the depth, and I believe the best team in hockey did indeed win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was it was the series we all wanted to see, yeah. and I think you know the avalanche, like, like we said kind of throughout the playoffs, like who was going to beat them in a seven-game series, and Tampa posed the, the, the biggest threat that they had faced, and even then – you know, six games and, and it was, it was, it was, cl- it was close, but even still like the avalanche just seemed yeah. to be just too talented. Congrats to the avalanche. Congrats to all of our, our yeah. buddies over at DNVR. DNVR. I don't yeah. know if any of them are awake yet. Um, if they are, they probably got some headaches <laughs> feeling a little dehydrated at the moment. Brew yourself up some Strava and feel better. You guys are champs. Some water. As Well-deserved. Well. I'm the only guy on this panel that picked the lightning to win the Stanley cup final. Um, but I don't feel that bad because I picked the Avalanche in the preseason to win it all. There so, you, you yeah. know what? That bet's a little more important. Couldn't lose. I yeah, Couldn't so lose. I, I, I hedged my bets there, but uh, the Avs are the best team in the playoffs. Not, not uh, No comparison there. No. There's no debate. They, they deserved it. Amazing run. Uh, some great, talented players. They're going to have an interesting offseason because they got a lot of guys that are going to be up for contracts, but that's stuff to uh, talk about on a future episode. But... Congrats to the, the Avalanche, um, you know, and now we can sit back and be jerks and root for the really fast decline of the Tampa Bay Lightning, considering we've got their first round <laughs> picks uh, in next each of the next two years. So, yeah. You know. Yep. Man, and wouldn't. wouldn't th- yeah. Thanks to Neil B, by the way, for sending another $5 super chat just to compliment us well, that's in the awesome. commenters. Well, thank you, Neil. Neil. Thank we you, appreciate Neil. it. Love it. And to tie a bow on the season. We had 130 people sign up for our bracket challenge. Uh, I I finished 89th. 
All right. uh, the winner <laughs> of the CHGO Blackhawks bracket challenge is Jeremy Colleton. Hey. hey! He finally won something. Congratulations, Jeremy. That's the username. So, <laughs> hell yeah. So what I did not consider is how do we verify these winners? Next year, we'll have them enter with their email addresses. Jeremy Colleton, if you are watching the show, Congratulations. send us an email, blackhawks at allchgo.com, or tweet at us with a screenshot of your dashboard so we can confirm you're the winner and get your CHGO merch out yes, your way. We would definitely hook you up there. Where, All right. Where did I, where did I Yeah, I was going to say, who's the highest I got, I can't, I'm trying to search. Greg, you were not that low. You were 18th. All right. I'll That's pretty good. And I'm trying to find Mario. I did pick the Avs to win it all in the bracket challenge. The fact too. that you're still looking is not uh, not yeah, great. I for had me. the Panthers, so that's not great. Are you Mario's perfect picks? Yes. You're 54th. Ah, middle so, of the road. Yeah, you're better I than like me. It. We need more evidence of that. All right. <laughs> Thanks everybody for joining us. We appreciate it. Great show today. Join us in the chat all the time. It's great to have your feedback. It's great to have your comments, and great to have you watching. Quite frankly, business is about to pick up for the Blackhawks. Draft, free agency trades all sorts of stuff is going to happen full coaching staff will be named so stick with us we've gotten through the roughest part of the offseason now the fun begins on the chgo blackhawks podcast so, someone did ask if we were going to do a draft watch party we are going to be covering the, sh the draft live thursday night and friday morning and yep. afternoon through the first three rounds of the draft uh on on that thursday and friday july 7th and 8th so we will be live during the draft and a recap show three live shows in two days all about the draft nobody's gonna cover the nhl draft like we are right crazy yep remember we're presented by points bet use promo code chgo when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars for greg and mario i'm jay this has been the chgo blackhawks podcast